2: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. What is up, Jack? Less than a week. Four days,
1: I think, I saw on the OTG Twitter page. Man, it's getting close.
2: It is getting close. I can't wait for Nets basketball. Nice matchup with the Pistons, a team that we seem to do really well against. What we're going to do today, continue our player preview series before we get started. As always, quick reminder, check us out on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. But today, Jack, we're talking Shabazz Napier, Jared Dudley, and Trevion Graham. guess we'll start with Shabazz. You know, last year he played with Portland, 74 games, you know, 20 minutes off the bench, 8-2-2-1 on 42-37% and from the field and three. He signed with the Nets on a two-year deal. What were your thoughts on the Nets picking up Shabazz?
1: I think it was a perfect signing, Nick. I think a lot of teams could use a guy like Shabazz Napier. You know, you look at the injuries that are occurring in San Antonio right now. You look what Phoenix is looking for even the Orlando Magic uh, with their sort of point guard situation, I think Shabazz would be decent as a makeshift starter. And the minutes that he showed and and what he showed in Portland the past two seasons showed that, you know, uh, the LeBron sort of hype that he was garnering in college is almost worth it. Um, He's going to be a very long serviceable player in the NBA because... He can just be a perfect sort of shooter off the bench. He can do all the little things. He can get some steals. He can pass the ball a little bit. And he doesn't have to be that sort of lead ball handler. So he's not going to clog up your backcourt in any sort of way. Perfect sort of uh, ancillary piece in your backcourt off the bench. So a really nice season from Shabazz and and a career year from him. So hopefully good signs going forward. Um, Obviously the injury status, he's still yet to sort of uh, play a lot uh, in the preseason. In fact, he hasn't played at all. And His training camp minutes haven't been uh, very high. So hopefully we can have him healthy before the Detroit game. But um, as long as he's healthy for most of the season, that's the big point.
2: Exactly. And, you know, Kenny has mentioned him a lot. Kenny Atkinson of being an X factor for Portland last year. And I think the Nets are hoping he'd kind of bring that energy and you mentioned a career year. So I don't even think I have to ask. I think it was a success for him, you know, solidifying himself as an NBA player. Now looking at some of his strengths, like you mentioned, Jack on ball, off ball, he can do both. Does a great job with sneaky steals. You know, a three point shooter has some nice handles, brings some less energy and quickness and he's what I like to call a baller. He just is a guy that's going to go out there and help you win games.
1: Yeah, definitely. He does, a lot of the good things that you want your point guard to do. You know, shot nearly 38% from three-point range. Uh, He also averaged 7.7 drives per 36 minutes, so he knows how to get to the bucket as well. Uh, A very nice scorer. You know, he's... You're not necessarily the best defender. His size is a little bit of a weakness, which we'll get to. But, you know, he just does all the things that you want your point guard to do. And, you know, I, I think the acquisition that the Nets got, we Nets, obviously we've got that backcourt long jam with Spencer Dimwini as well as the backup. But, you know, you'd much rather have that talent, especially Shabazz with that three-point shot, which fits so well in our system.
2: And like we've said before, he kind of provides the nets with a little different guard than what they have. You know, they have a lot of big, long, lanky guards. He provides them with a quicker, smaller guard to match up with some of the smaller guards around the league. Now you mentioned the weakness, you know, defense can be an issue with his size and offensively, you know, his size can be an issue. But other than that, what are some weaknesses for Shabazz in your eyes?
1: Look, I think he can't hold it against him necessarily because, you know, he is, he has been in the league for four or five seasons now, but the six point, the six foot one um, if I'm taller than an NBA player, I always feel like, wow, I'm taller than this guy. I mean, like whenever I, I'm, he's not Isaiah Thomas or Chris Paul. He doesn't have that level of talent to sort of exceed his size. So he has to do all the little things to sort of make up for it. So defensively, he can be sort of caught out uh, a few times. Um, So I think uh, defense is going to be one thing that we'll be watching for next season. It's been preached uh, incredibly heavily. Uh, the game against uh, Toronto the other night, our defense was... Decent for the first half and then just absolutely fell away. Uh, But he doesn't turn the ball over. He does a lot of, he makes up for his lack of size with a lot of the intangibles, uh, his toughness. Like he's a pretty tough guy for being only a a six foot one dude, but he does all the right things that you want uh, your guard or any player of that matter to do.
2: Yeah, he kind of makes up with it being a little bit quicker, and but the size, like you said, defensively, you get him in the post, you know, you're a bigger guard, you're driving on him, you're going to be able to kind of get to the rim, being only six foot one, like you said, not, he is tough, but he's obviously not, you know, very big either. Now, looking at some ways he can improve next season, well, this season, what are you thinking? Uh,
1: I think he's probably going to bring that assist number up a little bit. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad number because he's not playing a heap. I and mean, in that Portland system, he's got to get the ball to guys like CJ and Damian, and even Yusuf Nurkic to a, to a lesser extent. But I think in the net system, they're sort of preaching a Houston old school San Antonio style of basketball where that ball is zipping around, and you know it might not necessarily increase his assist numbers, but his secondary assist numbers. Uh, I really wish that they had secondary assist numbers on like Basketball Reference or whatever. Um, but obviously I think that number will be nice to watch as well because if he's kicking that ball around to a guy like a Joe Harris, uh, if he's playing in lineups with Spencer Dibbony, I think that they'll be nice together if they're going to be playing together. Um, obviously, Spencer Dibbony's had a little bit of a tough preseason. But yeah, I think he's going to move the ball a little bit more and you know obviously stay engaged in the defensive end. Whether he's taking you know the, the least talented offensive guy uh, against the opposition, I think that bodes well for him. But I think those two things are probably the number one things that we're looking for out of him next season.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, Jack. I think one thing that kind of hurts him with the passing is the height you know, he has probably a problem seeing over other players and kind of getting lost in the mix being only 6-1. So I think just continuing to polish that offensive game like you talked about and defensively, you know, you're not always going to be the big enough to defend the guy, but take advantage of being so quick, get in those passing lanes a little bit, poke the ball out here and there. I know for Portland last year, I know just watching some of his highlights, he had a lot of plays where he would just be very sneaky, just sneak in there, grab a steal real quick, get an easy layup or get a three-point shot. And that's kind of just continue to do things like that. How can the team help him and the coaches help him kind of have a big season?
1: I think the team help is going to be about chemistry, Nick. Uh, obviously, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, injuries have prevented him from sort of being around the team in terms of on the court and with plays and with games and such. But I think that chemistry and I think, you know, the history with um, Crab and Davis, um, these sort of guys is going to bode well for him when he does eventually sort into the lineup because he is going to get minutes. You know, we'll talk about his role going forward and how many... Those minutes might be, but he's going to get minutes because he does all the right things that Coach Kenny is going to want. He plays with energy. He's a good three point shooter. Those are two things automatically that Coach Kenny is going to love about him. So I think, in terms of his teammates, it's going to be about chemistry, getting him those looks because he is a serviceable three point shooter. In terms of the coaches, I think it's just about getting him healthy and getting him ready for the season. You know, getting watching the tape of like what we were like last season, making sure that he knows everything so he can go out there and just play instinctual basketball. You know, we've seen some lapses from uh, in the preseason from guys like you know Musa and Faree, but it is still preseason, so we might see some you know early season jitters from a guy like Shabazz Napier. But I think though he is a a vet of sorts because he's been around the league for a while, so I'm expecting some decent things from him and a level of maturity that guys like Musa and Rodeons don't have at this stage.
2: Yeah, no, I thought the chemistry was a great point, Jack, especially, you know, him getting a feel for his teammates and his teammates getting a feel for him. Because like I mentioned, he does throw some flashy passes, you know, a couple behind the back, some nice bounces in there too. And I think um, also, you know, just be aware of his matchup as his teammate. You know, defensively talked about him being a liability sometimes. He's going to need help at times. You got to make sure you help in those areas. So I think that'll be big for him. And like you said, coaching-wise, just make sure you ease him back in. Obviously, the Nets are very precautious when it comes to injury. But you mentioned roll, Jack. I think this is the easy one. He's going to be a bench player, so we can just move on to usage in minutes. What do you got for those two areas?
1: Yeah, I think he's definitely off the bench. Uh, I think in terms of minutes, I think he'll be around that 14 to 16 range, uh, probably more likely 15. I'm just trying to cover my own butt here <laughs> by saying 14 to 16. Uh, but in terms of sh- usage, I think Spencer did when had about a 20% sort of range, if I remember. Uh, check out that episode as well, guys, on YouTube and, and iTunes everywhere or everywhere else. Um, but I think, yeah, he'll probably he'll have a sort of similar sort of range. He might see the ball a little bit less if he's playing with Spencer Dewity. But again, Spencer is a guy that likes to get the ball out of his hands. And Shabazz can probably dribble a little bit. Not great around the rim. I think he's probably one of the, obviously, his size hurts that. But in terms of catch and shoot sort of percentage, you know, I think he's going to be really good there. So I think um, he won't need the ball in his hands a heap, obviously. Um, he's going to be probably the off-ball guard a lot of the times, like you mentioned, Nick but I think it's probably going to be consistent. Um, And I think he's going to have a consistent role, which I think works well for any player in the NBA, having that consistency.
2: Yeah, no, I think you're right about the minutes too, Jack. I think around, you know, 14 to 15, I think he'll kind of give some energy off the bench. I don't think you'll ever really see him play big minutes unless there's an injury. And usage-wise, he was around 19% last year. I think probably around the same, maybe a little bit of dip because he maybe will play a little bit more off ball because the Nets have, you know, obviously Portland had CJ and Dame, but the Nets have three other guards that they're going to want to get the ball in their hands a lot too. Now, looking at his stats, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I think for stats-wise, Nick, uh, you could look at probably last season as, as pretty similar. So I'm going to go seven points, two rebounds, and 2.5 assists. So I want to see that uh, assist number. Just take a little bit of a jump. Um, I'd love that number, that three-point shooting number to jump, but I'll, I'll keep it at 37% around that range. I'd be just as happy with that because the Nets were pretty poor last year uh, in terms of their percentages from, from the arc. So if he can shoot that, then he's going to be one of our better three-point shooters as well.
2: Yeah, no, I got actually pretty similar numbers to you, Jack. You know, seven points per game, two assists, two rebounds, one steal. I'm hoping he can kind of boost the field goal percentage up to something like a 44, but I'll be happy with 37 or 38 from three. Any other final thoughts on Shabazz? Yeah, I was, I was literally, as we were talking, Nick, I was searching for this tweet that I
1: put out, you know, a couple of months ago about Shabazz and, in terms of his role as a reserve and his catch and shoot percentage. You know, in, last season, he had a, a catch and shoot percentage of 46%. And for backup guards who played more than 40 games as a reserve, uh, he was only behind Buddy Hill, Raul Neto, and Thomas Sadoransky. So those guys are all really good backup serviceable guards. And The fact that we were able to get Shabazz Napier at such a a solid rate, uh, another savvy move from Sean Marks. I'm excited to see what he can provide our Nets team and especially our backup guards, our backup unit. I think that um, it's really increased our talent depth.
2: Yeah. And like we've mentioned on a lot of previous shows, now the Nets are able to kind of handle injury a lot better where they can bring in somebody who has some NBA experience, has proven to be a bench player in this league. And Shabazz, I think getting him on that two-year deal is almost a steal. You know, I was was expecting more of a one-year deal, but I believe the second year is non-guaranteed. So it really worked out for the Nets. And then they're adding some other pieces, having him on a small contract to really benefit. But uh, moving on to Jared. Actually,
1: as well, you mentioned him with the contract and stuff. If we were to lose a Spencer Dimity or D'Angelo was to be let go due to his uh, poor form or something like that, having that sort of insurance with a guy like a Shabazz Napier provide you a level of flexibility, I think. You know, the contract isn't going to eat the books or eat the uh, salary cap flexibility at all. So I think it gives us a level of flexibility that Sean Marks is sort of uh, making it uh, a cornerstone of his going forward.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great point, Jack. Flexibility, especially if there was a Dinwiddie trade. We mentioned injuries, but if there's a trade of some sorts, now you have him and you also have him for next year. And like I mentioned, like Kenny's really, he's never really singled out like free agent signings like he has about Shabazz. So I think that's big and they obviously have some expectations for him this year. Now moving on to Jared Dudley, obviously last year, 48 games, 14 minutes. He was more of a mentor for the Suns. He, the Nets acquired him via a trade with uh, Phoenix, you know, which was somewhat of a salary dump for both teams, I guess. But what are your thoughts on Dudley?
1: Yeah, I think Dudley's uh, greatest value comes off the court. Um, I think that we might see uh, a, a jump from him last season from last season in terms of his on-court production, because I think he's got himself a little bit uh, fitter, and I think that he's going to probably play a Quincy AC type role for our Nets. And I'm much prefer Jared Dudley have Jared Dudley out there shooting threes than Quincy Ace Quincy A3. Um, I, I'm not we we've argued plenty about Quincy AC on uh, on the Brooklyn Buzz Pod. And for those that haven't heard, just make sure you listen to any of the regular season uh, episodes. But I think having Jared Dudley out there as a mentor off the court is going to provide a lot for our rookies and our sort of a our, our young uh growing roster and in terms of chemistry i think he's he's worth the flyer and especially uh for a young team that's looking to push for the playoffs
2: yeah, and they pretty much got him for nothing because from what I heard about Darrell Arthur, he wasn't really going to be able to play this season. I think uh, the Phoenix just applied for the disabled player exception for him to get another player on the roster. So I think that works out. like you said, having a leader like that in the locker room will definitely help, especially lose a guy like Jeremy Lane. You bring in a guy like Jared Dudley. Also, you know, Dudley's been known to really help Devin Booker and Phoenix. So what would you say last year for Dudley was success or a disappointment?
1: It depends on how you grade Nick. I mean, in terms of on-court, it's an an absolute disappointment because he wasn't able to really contribute to the Phoenix Suns, one of the the worst teams in the NBA. But I think in terms of what was happening in Phoenix, there was no real role for him on the court in terms of what they wanted to get out of him. You know, uh, if you look at what his teammates said of him, guys like Devin Booker and the like, they spoke very glowingly of him. And I think that's going to bode well for our Nets. And he's already, you know, earning some minutes and playing some minutes in the preseason. So I think that, you know, he's played 23 minutes, 24 minutes, 16 minutes. You know, I think he's going to have a minor bounce back year of sorts with our Nets.
2: Yeah, like you said, in Phoenix, there really wasn't a point in playing him. They weren't very good, and they have young guys that they kind of want to see and what they can get out of those guys. So I think, like you said, on court wasn't very successful. You know, off the court, he was a success and really helped steady that team a little bit. Now, looking at some of his strengths and weaknesses, we'll start with the strengths. You know, he's still a great three-point shooter. You know, high basketball IQ, and like we said, he brings leadership to the squad.
1: Yeah, leadership uh, and three-point shooting. You know, two things that the Nets love. Cara brought it last season. Um, in terms of his career, Phil goal percentage from three, you know, 36.3%. Uh, Thirty, Sorry, 39.6%. That 36.3% was last season. So if he can continue that 39.6% from three, uh, then our Nets will be salivated. Obviously, it's going to be maybe a little bit less, and it, it, it obviously relates to how much he's on the court, um, but he's still got a nice... Nice mechanics in that sort of sense. He's got himself fit. Um, he's very motivated. And he's a very eloquent speaker. And I think that having those sort of guys around the team is only going to do uh, benefits. And for a guy that's spacing the floor, uh, I'll harp on it again. Having him out there that, instead of Quincy Acey, if you're looking for an open shot, you're, if I'm going to be a little more confident with the ball in Jared Dudley's hands from the perimeter than Quincy Acey.
2: For sure. And like you said, the stroke's a little bit sweeter. And even though he's not like great defensively, he does have some good fundamentals in terms of just knowing where he needs to be and obviously understanding the system. Now, weakness wise, obviously the age is, you know, an issue. He's not going to be very athletic and offensively, he's not really going to provide you a ton other than three point shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, the weaknesses are what you would say about most sort of guys in the twilight of their careers. Um, exactly. I think that it's it's not necessarily... If you were we were looking at this as a, a prime Jared Dudley, we'd be analysing a little bit more in terms of nitpicking, you know, aspects of his game. But at this stage of his career, you know, Nick and I actually yesterday, co-host of JBT, when we were balling, we were having a little bit of a chat about Jared Dudley because um, he's been on the Wizards and we actually saw... I remember seeing Jared Dudley play... Uh, for the Wizards, he was playing as a small ball five uh, against the Indiana Pacers when they had Paul George. So um there might be some lineups when we see that out there. Who knows? But uh, Jared Dudley uh, for the Nets, I think, is going to be a nice fit for 2018-19.
2: It's funny you mentioned that. When he switched over, because, you know, he used to play the three a lot. When he switched over to playing the four and then sometimes a the small ball five, I think that really helped his career and kind of extended. Now, talking improvement. You know, we're not really expecting much improvement. I guess maybe you asked, like you mentioned, Jack, he'll be in better shape, so hopefully he can move on the floor a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of his shape, and I think that 36.3% is a nice number, but I'd like for him to get closer to their career, you know, 39, almost 40% uh, field goal shooting from three. Um, I think if we can see him split that at about 38%, um, I'd be more than happy, and I'm sure Coach Kenny and the coaching staff would be as well.
2: What do you think uh, teammates and coaches, you know, how are they going to help him have a successful season?
1: I think teammates are going to, I think it's going to be about finding him those open looks, not asking him to do more than what he's capable of. Uh, in terms of, I think he's going to help our teammates more than they're probably going to help him. Uh, in terms of how teammates can help him, I think it's just looking for him and in terms of off the court you know in the bus in the locker rooms he's already being a sounding board for some of these young guys you know ask uh, speaking to Dilo about like look you know there are going to be nights where you're going to need to score 35 40 but there are going to be nights where you're going to need to have ten assists so i think in terms of just being the guy he might need to go to players because obviously some of our guys like Jared Allen, Karis avert to, uh, to a lesser extent, are a little bit shy, a little more timid. So I think he's going to help more than vice versa. And in terms of the coaching stuff, just sort of giving him the, similar to what I said for Shabazz Napier, that sort of steady role. You know, we want you to come off the bench, we want you to hit a few threes, we want you to move the ball a little bit. Simple as that. And I think Jared Dudley's a vet. He knows how this game works. So I think that we're going to see him help our teammates a lot as much as them help him.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great point, Jack. He's going to definitely benefit a lot of the young guys being out there and being in the locker room. And I think, you know, also from the team perspective and the coaching perspective, you know, don't ask too much. Like he, like we mentioned, he's in the twilight of his career. He's not going to get much better. You know, maybe sometimes give him a couple of rests during the season, you know, on back-to-backs and whatnot. But overall, you know, I think he'll have a positive impact in the locker room. Now, role he's going to be a bench player, obviously. What do you expect usage and minutes-wise?
1: Yeah, I think in terms of minutes-wise, you know, this preseason, he's probably played a little bit more – than what he's likely to see this season. But he's still probably one of our better stretch four options. And that's not necessarily um, saying anything hot takey here. The Nets don't have, you know, many stretch four options. You know, having Kenneth Fareed, Ed Davis, the big men sort of department, we don't have that sort of spacing uh available. So Jared Dudley sort of provides that. In terms of usage-wise, I don't think he's going to need the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to be finishing the plays uh, like some of the other players. So, uh, and, But for minutes-wise, I'll probably go, last season I think it was about 14 minutes per game. I'll probably see that probably continue, but he will play a little bit more. So there might be nights where he's a little bit hot and the Nets need a little bit more spacing. So he might play some higher elevated minutes, but i would probably go, his range could be anywhere from like 12 to say 17 for me.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go right in between that. I think 15. And like I said, he might get some games off where he doesn't play. And like you said, other nights, he might be hot from three and they'll give him more minutes. Other nights, he he maybe will only play a couple minutes or maybe not at all. And usage-wise, like you said, I think it'll be probably close to like 10 or 11 or something. Not really the ball in his hands a lot other than shooting and whatnot. Stat-wise, what do you got? Yeah, stat-wise for
1: me, Nick, I'm going to focus on the three-point percentage first. So I'm hoping for 38% uh, from three from Jared Dudley. In terms of points, rebounds, and assists, you know, last season was three, two, and one and a half. You know, I'd probably say uh, pretty similar. Uh, Maybe jack it up a little bit to say four points, two rebounds, and two assists. Um, They're not going to be numbers that break the bank, but there could be nights where Jared Dudley uh, is an important part of some Nets wins in terms of finishing shots. And, you know, he might be in some late game situations because of his ability to space the floor and his general basketball IQ and savviness. So um, I think that Jared Dudley definitely adds something to the Nets next season.
2: Yeah, I like the three-point percentage, you know, somewhere between 37 and 38. Got five points per game, you know, two rebounds, one assist. And, you know, much other than that, I don't think he's going to produce a ton. But like you said, I could see a night where maybe he knocks down five threes or something. And like I said, I don't think his. there was one play in preseason that really stuck out. And like Quincy Acey would never do this. He kind of faked a dribble handoff and then ended up getting a wide open layup. I think that's something, you know, the small things will kind of teach some of the young players. Any other final thoughts on uh, Jared Dudley, though?
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the quotes from Jared Dudley throughout the season. I think that he's him and Spencer Dimity last season was probably a guy that we sort of looked for when it came for, you know, sort of takeaway quotes. Um but I think Jared Dudley is a guy who's been on plenty of podcasts. He's been on podcasts with Woj before. Um and I just he's very eloquent. I think he's Beyond his his time in Brooklyn, I think he's definitely going to head his way into the media. Um, So I'm looking forward to hearing what he provides uh, outside of uh, on the court
2: yeah no that's a great point point. and obviously on twitter he's pretty big he interacts with a lot of fans maybe we're we'll lucky enough to get him on the buzz at some point maybe next year or the following season but moving on to trevion graham another player the Nets signed this offseason two years around three million dollars you know played 62 games with charlotte last year 16 minutes filled in when they had injury and he, he really impressed what were your thoughts on graham last season
1: so hype i trevion graham so hype um Obviously, his preseason form in terms of from the perimeter hasn't been great, but he shows great energy and he shows great hustle. And I think that's going to endear him to Nets fans and the coaching staff alike and his teammates. Um, you know, he's very young, he's very raw. He doesn't have, you know, superstar potential, but he has, you know, solid role-player potential. And I think uh, he sh- from what he's shown in Charlotte, you know, we hear from guys like Evan Dylan, Dylan Jackson, uh, they have a lot of love for him as well. And I trust those guys more than anyone when it comes to evaluating players. They're very, very sa- uh, intelligent guys when it comes to uh, evaluating NBA talent. So I think for us to get Trevion Graham when, you know, it's a position that, you know, a lot of other teams probably could have used him, um, it was an absolute masterstroke from Sean Marks.
2: Yeah. And he provides some nice versatility. And like you said, you know, I had Dylan on the buzz earlier in the summer, you know, to kind of discuss the Graham signing and what he thinks he can be, you know, and I, I think this is an easy one. I think it'd be a success for him last year being an undrafted guy coming in, getting some major minutes and obviously signing a deal with another team. Now, strength wise, literally he brings strength to the team, toughness, defense, and he shot really well from three, you know, like you said, in preseason, it hasn't looked great. So that'll be kind of something we'll keep an eye on, but any other strengths for you, Jack?
1: i would probably say all those things, Nick. Um, I think his ability with his strength, he can play up a little bit. I think he's only like 6'5 or something, but there yep. were moments that he played uh, the power forward position. So I think his versatility, you know, you can relate his strength and his shooting... To be able to play him, you know, at different positions, you know, he can, you know, guard some of the the better guys. But obviously, the fact that he's a little bit, you know, smaller in terms of height wise, he can guard some of the backcourt guys as well. So I think his defensive versatility is going to be something that I think Coach Kenny will look for throughout this season because, you know, apart from really Rondé in terms of being a serviceable one-on-one defender, you know, Damari Carroll as well. Uh, we didn't really have that sort of depth as a defensive squad, so. To get a guy like Trevion Graham, only 24 years old, going forward, uh, and his versatility and his skill set, um, I think is going to be very nice for the Nets going forward.
2: Yeah, he has some good width to him too. Like you said, you know, he's not necessarily tall, but he he looks like he kind of enjoys banging down low in the preseason, from what I've seen. But weakness wise, you know, he does not really going to offer a ton offensively. Like I said, probably a three point shot. You know, he still needs to prove himself technically in the NBA. What other weaknesses you got for us, Jack?
1: Yeah, I think his offensive game isn't very versatile. He doesn't; he's not gonna, you know, be on many highlight reels for the NBA and for the team. But I think he's gonna provide solid basketball for the Nets, and I think that that's gonna be as valuable you know, as a guy like Jared Allen finishing groups and Dealer having his big nights. You know, you need to know, you need to have those guys across the roster to be able to play their role. And I think Trevion Graham. Through his time in Charlotte, has proven that, that he can play, you know, solid basketball that can contribute to winning basketball and make the right plays at the right times. Um, he's not flashy in any sort of the way, but you know, you don't need a team full of superstars unless you're the Golden State Warriors or Boston Celtics. Um, so I think that he's just going to provide the right plays at the right time. So I guess the weaknesses are almost you know you can turn them and flip it into a strength as well.
2: Yeah, he's just one of those guys you're going to add in and kind of play his role. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. And, you know, the combination of him and Ed Davis both coming to the squad is just going to give him a lot more toughness, where honestly, over the last few years, the Nets have been a soft team. Now, looking at areas he can improve, Jack, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I think he can improve a little bit as a, as a slasher and maybe work on his yeah. handles a little bit. Um, reading some articles from At The Hive, which is a great website, you know, with Nets Daily, one of the better websites on SB Nation. Um, they sort of did a little bit of a seasonal review of his and I sort of looked at that and I'm like, yeah, that's probably right. I think in terms of as a slasher, I think that that could be one thing he could learn from his teammates when we get to it because you know we've got guys like joe harris you can watch tape of guys around the league where you're sort of making off ball screens and sort of moving a little bit he doesn't have you know elite quickness but in terms of within that three-point arc and within the half-court offense, I think he can show a little bit. And I think he's he's clever enough to get into the right spots. So I think that I want to see a little bit of that from him this season. And I think as well, we've seen from the preseason, we want to see that consistency from the perimeter. Um, you know, We want to see that confidence from the perimeter. You know, if Coach Kinnick can just jump it into him, he's like, dude, just take it. You know, uh, in tonight's game, which is, you know, literally, you know, almost uh, half an hour away, I want Trevion Graham to take five, six threes. If he misses them all, I don't care, but if the mechanics look good, the stroke looks good, and you know it's in and out, then I don't really care as long as he's taking them and he shows that
2: confidence for me. Yeah, you don't want to see a hesitation. I think we've seen that a couple times in preseason. If he just looks more confident, I think you made a great point about him being able to slash a little bit, not even just like create for himself, but similar to what Joe Harris does when someone's overplaying him at a three-point line, just kind of drive past him and take advantage of his size, kind of put him on his hip and get to the rim. He's not going to be a flashy guy, but I think he can kind of polish his offensive game. And I think keep taking strides to be better on defense because that's where he has his most potential and that'll kind of help him stick in the NBA. Now from his team and his coach, where are they going to help him?
1: Yeah, I think the teammates uh, are going to help him by getting him those open looks. And I think, in terms of in terms of his three point shooting last season, you know, teams probably didn't have that sort of respect for him. He was an unknown commodity. But now that he's proven himself, I, I, there may be you know some defenses that go, "Look, well, we know this guy can shoot the three. We're going to guard him a little bit more." So if he's in lineups that are next to a guy like Joe Harris, then I think that allows him a little bit more space and time to move because Joe Harris can drive a little bit and that allows Trevion Graham to do a little bit more. Uh, And I think Trevion Graham and Joe Harris uh, together in a lineup will be um, absolutely awesome for the Nets in terms of just their hustle and and energy that they bring. Um, And in terms of the coaches, I think the coaches got to drum in a level of confidence into him. We've seen some really nice energy and rebounding from throughout the season, which is, you know, uh, very nice to see. But like I said about the three-point shooting, you know, Coach Kenny's got to go to him. Just shoot it, just shoot it, just shoot it. You know, we've seen Jared Allen nail a couple of threes in this preseason, and now he's taking pump fakes and driving to the rim. You know, if Trevor and Graham can start nailing that three-point shot, he's going to find the opening lanes. You know, he could pass the ball a little bit. He's not uh, going to break uh, the world with his passing skills, but you know, if you can nail that three-point shot, it just opens up the game so much more in terms of space uh, and time.
2: Yeah, no, those are all great points. And like you mentioned, some of the player development staff we've had in the past, they can really help him work on his game throughout the season. So maybe to start, he might have some of these issues. But as the season progresses, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some nice jumps like we've seen with guys like Joe Harris, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, you know, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Now, talking about his role, he's another guy that we know is going to be a bench player. What do you think minutes and usage-wise? Yeah, last season, his, his minutes played were 16.7. So I think we could see
1: around that 16 range again. Um, he provides a lot what Coach Kenny will love. Uh, if he's not in that three-point shot, you know that number could certainly could certainly rise. Uh, Usage-wise, uh, he's not going to have a very high usage at all. You know we mentioned uh, Jared Dudley at that 10-11 range. I think Trevion Graham will be very similar. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. His handle isn't good enough to create plays for himself. So I'll probably see a similar number for him as well.
2: Yeah, now I'm around the same thing as you. Maybe a little bit less in the minutes just because there's such a log jam in all the positions. But he's a guy I think Kenny might look to if the defense is really bad early on. He wants him to kind of set the tone. And like you said, usage-wise, not going to be very high. Stat-wise, what do you got? Yeah, I think stat-wise, Nick, last season,
1: it depends on his minutes, obviously. Uh, last season, he played about 70 minutes and he... Uh, average 4.3 points, 1.9 rebounds and assists per game, uh, 41.2 from the field. I think that that number drops for me. Uh, I think that it, what, it was somewhat of an aberration because, you know, you need to have the volume and then sort of look at it. And he didn't necessarily have the volume to consider himself a legitimate perimeter threat. So I think that that number might drop to, you know, around the late 30s, maybe even the mid 30s. But if he's taken more of them, I remember doing an article, I can't remember for for which uh, website. It definitely wasn't for otqbasketball.com, or else I would remember it. Um, (laughs) I think that that number drops a little bit, but I think his numbers in terms of per game numbers stay consistent.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think the three-point percentage is going to drop because obviously he shot a little bit under two last year. So I think something in that 35% range would be nice, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not pretty just because of what we've seen in preseason. I'm hoping it kind of boosts up a little bit. Point-wise, I think he'll probably improve a little bit just because he'll have more opportunities in the nets, like you said, are always going to kind of push people to shoot more. So I think maybe six points per game. And I think rebounds will jump because he'll pl- end up playing more four, I think, or more three and four and kind of get up to that three rebounds.
1: Yeah, I definitely can see that happening. He's already shown some really nice you know, activity on the glass in the preseason. So I think that's certainly uh, very possible and likely to happen. Question for you, Nick, in relation to probably Dudley and Graham. Do you, th- do you see these guys battling for minutes and uh, about, say, if Dudley's making more three-pointers, then he might see some more minutes on the floor. And if Graham's making them, then he's likely to see more minutes on the floor. You're more likely to give the minutes to the younger guy, I guess. But if Dudley's now in the three, he's probably going to earn those minutes, do you think?
2: Yeah, I think also you could kind of bring in the fact of like, you know, how's D'Lo doing from three? How's Levert doing from three? If your guards are shooting really well from three, then you don't necessarily maybe have to worry as much. But if, I think if... Graham's shooting better from three or around the same as Jared Dudley. I think Kenny will want to go with Graham just because he provides more defensively and is a little bit more active. Like we said, Dudley's a little bit more up there in age. So I think these two... I think Graham will actually play a lot of his minutes at the floor if I had to make a guess. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'll probably say that both of these guys will be playing a lot of their minutes at the four. You know, we saw some minor time. In terms of... We played one day at the five at minutes last season. And if he's playing if Graham's playing, say, next to Jared Allen, Ed Davis, then he's got very serviceable rim protectors uh, already and guys that, you know, can easily back him up if he were to get bullied a little bit by the sort of bigger fours in like Aaron Gordon and, and the like. So I would probably see him playing at the three and four. He's probably more likely to be at the forward spot uh, than at the guards. But I think that versatility, like we mentioned, holds him in good stead uh, for, you know, in terms of his role next season. If he's, you know, there's a guy who's hot from the... The backcourt, and you want a defensive stopper. You know, you don't. You might just go to Treviot Graham. Look, we don't want you to score. We don't care if you score, but we don't want, say, you know, James Harden just to absolutely light us up. We don't want. Uh, Donovan Mitchell to light us up. We want you to just lock him down.
2: Yeah, and even if he just kind of provides a different type of defense with a toughness where he'll kind of just like get into him a little bit. Maybe he'll get a couple of fouls, but he'll kind of like make them a little bit more timid to go inside. And, you know, obviously there's been some talk about switchability with the Nets in the offseason and in training camp. And I think Graham pr- kind of provides that. Like you said, he can probably guard the two, three, and four, and then even some fives technically, I guess. So I think that's going to be a selling factor for him as well. But any other thoughts, Jack, on either Shabazz, Dudley, or Graham?
1: I think all these guys are going to have the role for the, uh, a role for the Nets next season. I think Shabazz and Trevion, with their age on their side, uh, I'm excited to see what they can provide. And obviously, they had sort of you know breakout seasons of sorts. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that there was there's been no one that's done a breakout player series from either of these guys yet. Mm-hmm. I've heard trinitybasketball dot Maybe I might have to get on it um, if I can get some time between these awesome buzz player preview series. But yeah, I think both of those guys, and to a lesser extent, all of these provide different sort of skill sets, different sort of knowledge, different sort of history that I think is going to add something to our Brooklyn squad going forward.
2: And you could argue the Nets didn't have any players like these three last season. Not at all. Not at all. Yes. So I think it's just like another, you know, we look at Kenny and a lot of people criticize him last year. Now he has a lot more tools. So now I think this would be a, more of a fair season kind of critique of he's not getting things to work because now he has some of these tools that he didn't have last season. But that wraps it up for this player preview. Like Jack mentioned a couple of times, you can check us out on iTunes, BlackRock Radio, Nets Republic Dash Radio, and YouTube. We got pretty much almost the entire roster done already. So be sure to check that out. We'll be dropping our team preview soon as well. And also check out otgbasketball.com and netsrepublic.com for all of your basketball needs.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,